What's up? And welcome to Espresso with Erin and Sarit, the show where you go to gain the confidence and self-empowerment that you need to live your best and most authentic life. Tough love conversations to reveal the simple truths that will transform your relationships, your body, and your bank account. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Sarit. And we are on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and financial habits that have transformed ours. Good morning. Oopsie. I choked on some phlegm. Mm -mm -mm. I feel like phlegm would be one of those kind of words like moist, where some people are like, phlegm. Phlegm. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that word? It is what it is. Phlegm is phlegm and moist means moist. I mean... Moist reminds me of cake. It is Moisty Monday. (laughs) I think that moist is actually a great adjective. You know exactly what somebody's talking about when they say moist. Yeah, maybe it reminds you of how muggy Florida is or how moist the cake is. I don't know. Um, What are you looking for? Well, (laughs) I'm getting myself ready to put on my teaching hat. Because why? What are we talking about today? Mm, We're talking about this very trendy diet. Called? Called the keto diet. The keto genesis. Good morning, you guys. Question for you. If you've done the keto diet before, can you please drop a yes in the chat box. Drop a hashtag keto mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. have done keto. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Wow, beautiful faces in the house. Lots of M names in here. M for Monday. Moist for Monday. Jillian tried it. Melanie O'Connor tried it. I know there's more of you guys in here. Maybe you're not here yet. Good morning, Liz. For like a week. week. (laughs) It was dumb. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about keto. And as you guys are coming in with comments, um, we're going to shed some just honestly non-biased means like neither sides, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, non, non-biased, just like straight up like things with regards to, to keto um, from, you know, what we've seen other people experience based on the data that we have and, and based on what we know in general. <laughs> Hashtag keto, then I ate an entire cake when I got off it. <laughs> so I, don't, gonna, I can't guarantee that I'm not going to be biased. However, I will present pros and cons. Yes. Yes. Because I only think that it's fair that we also understand the good components of keto and why it was designed in the first place, which is not the reason why most people do it, but it was marketed and advertised then for weight loss and it became a wild, crazy weight loss thing. Yeah. It's now it's like a, probably like the biggest buzzword in the weight loss industry. So much of a buzzword that companies put keto on their marketing products, regardless of whether or not that product has anything to do with, or even fits inside of the ketogenic uh, structure. Yeah. There are things that are not keto that say keto. And it's like blatantly not keto, like bread <laughs> yep, and like protein drinks. If it has a lot of protein, it is not keto. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk about keto real quick. We're going to begin with history. We're going to then move on to just like, what does a real structure of a keto diet look like? Why are most people doing it wrong? And, you know, really, we're going to be shedding light on who will this be beneficial for and who is this not for, Um, you know, like, how long should someone do it if they're curious about it? And basically, you know, then we're just going to, like, conclude it so that you can 
you know, based on whatever you heard, make use of whatever you want to do with it whatsoever. But we must say that neither Aaron or myself do keto, okay? And the reason why I don't do keto is because when I'm being severely restricted um, with regards to food groups that I know that my body needs based on my goals, I don't see it adding value to my goals. However, it definitely does add value for some people, okay? Um, so basically, keto, it, it actually all started um, in medicine a couple hundred years ago in order to help treat epilepsy, schizophrenia, and seizures. Studies, multiple studies have shown that there is a direct benefit to treating schizophrenia, epilepsy, and seizures with a ketogenic diet, okay? However, through these studies, what the, you know, doctors have also noticed is that the people who were being put on this ketogenic diet started dropping weight. And over the last hundred years, the basically like low carb diet has been trending in a few different cycles with few different names, okay? It started with um, the low carb diet and then it went to the Atkins diet, then it went to the South Beach diet and now keto is basically like the biggest um, buzzword in the weight loss industry out there. And like Aaron said, there is, because it is such a buzzword, so many um, food suppliers now just put it on their labels um, because for one, they can get away with a lot of things from the FDA because the FDA standards are pretty low. And for two, it know, they know that it will increase their sales. So they're like, why not? Mm -hmm. Not every company has really high integrity. You have to find out for yourself what does. So it's important that you know your facts and you do your research and see how things are just in alignment with regards to what your belief system is and also what your goals are. That's my recommendation for you. But basically, the keto diet is a low-carb diet. Now, if you want to... Low-carb, high-fat, almost no-carb, high-fat, very low-protein. Yeah. So to get into details, basically, in the mainstream media, what, key, what the keto diet means is basically a low-carb diet. Okay. However, scientifically, what the keto diet is, is a much higher in fat diet, low protein diet, extremely low carb diet. Okay. So now if we're talking about numbers, what the real ketogenic diet is, it is 80, like 80% 80 of your daily consumption, basically from, from an energetic standpoint, which energy comes in the form of calories when it comes to food, right? 80% of it will come from fats, 15 will come from protein, and 5 will come from carbs. So let's take, for example, the, you know, um, the normal caloric prescribed diet, which is like a 2000 calorie diet. So if we're talking about it this way, now are we talking about carbs from Fiber, fibrous carbs, like veggies, like whole foods, or are we talking about like starchy, five gram, five percent of starchy carbs? Both. Like beans or um, rice or... Well, look, so if we're talking about like a 2000 calorie diet, then 1600 of your calories will come from fat, 300 will come from protein and 100 will come from carbs. from from carbs okay, but what's so, right? so honestly if you're only getting a hundred calories from carbs like it, it's gonna have to be veggies yeah you can't eat anything other than veggies and I would argue not even a, and, not even a corn or peas or right those are starchy carbs so um zero you're, you're extremely limited and also like you will also be limited with regards to your vegetable consumption because vegetables that are higher in carbs 
You guys, you have to take everything that we're going to say today with a grain of salt, okay? Because peppers, yellow peppers, orange peppers, red peppers do have carbs in them. Shocking. No, they're not going to make you gain weight, okay? But like even because the numbers are so low, you're going to be limited as to what kind of vegetables you're going to eat. So like if a hundred calories are gonna come from carbs, it's gonna have to be vegetables because the number is so low. Otherwise, if you're trying to get it with rice, then that means that it's not gonna, you're not gonna eat, you don't have room for veggies that day. And remember this, I don't care what system you follow. It should always come down to this. Eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Say it again for the people in the back. Eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Like if you apply it into every system, you're always going to win. Okay, so if you're like trying to fit in rice with it, like you're gonna have a, a ridiculously low amount of rice for one, and for two, that's gonna take away from keeping the main thing the main thing. And that's what people don't understand. Um, so positive benefits of a ketogenic diet actually done right, actually done this way. So hold on, are brain health, longevity, only when done consistently. Yeah. Because if you're in, if you're inconsistent with it, I know that you want to say more, mm-hmm. but I just want to like get a word in because this is very much a you thing. Um, there's also structure, which is great. People need structure. There are a lot of testimonials of people saying that they've, you know, dropped a lot of weight. Originally, this is not what that was created for. It is very extreme. And so people feel like, okay, I'm going to get a lot of progress doing this. And so, you know, there are benefits um, to this. However. Yeah. So you said brain health. Longevity. Longevity. But again, this is if you do it consistently, if this is your lifestyle and this is the way that you eat all the time, this isn't like just for 30 days or for 60 days or for 20 days. I want to shed light on the concept of longevity. I think that that is an important one. And I think that this is why like keto has actually created a name for itself. The typical American diet is extremely high in carbs and hidden sugars and and processed food and by and by going keto okay by default what's happening is that you are now taking a big part of the equation that causes a lot of the top chronic diseases out there. For one, I don't know if you guys watched um, Gary Gary's episode from Friday, but if you haven't, you should definitely watch it. So let's talk about diabetes real quick, okay? Diabetes, um, heart disease, even cancer. Look, so sugar consumption, for one, highly increases your levels of inflammation in the body, okay? Inflammation is what causes chronic disease, okay? Most common chronic disease in the, in the U.S. are diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. Most of these chronic conditions were caused due to inflammation that were caused by poor diet. And lifestyle, okay? most of. Yes. There's always freak things that happen. Yes. But the majority. Yes. So like we said, take everything with a grain of salt. So now if you, if basically like the the mainstream diet, right, causes high inflammation, causes um, abrupt. So here's what happens when you eat sugar, right? We, We have this hormone called insulin that gets released. Okay. And basically the purpose of insulin is to lower blood sugar. Okay. Obviously when you eat sugar, your blood sugar levels go high. Okay. So insulin is being secreted in order to lower it. Okay. So if we're taking away basically you eating foods that cause, you know, like abrupt insulin secretions, high levels of inflammation, then 
we are now going from... Who's ready for another graph? Yeah. We're now going from having our blood sugars looking like spike super high, drop super low. Spike super high, dropping super low to more steady. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to body composition, and here's what people don't realize. All the calorie counters, all the macro counters. That's why I tell you guys, when it comes to the food that you eat, it's not just about how much. It's about what kind of food are you eating, how much are you eating, and how does that affect your body. You have to take all these three things into consideration, okay? And this is why keto doesn't tell you everything, okay? But... I mean, it will if you actually did the research, but most people take... You know, if you fire up the old Google machine and you type in keto diet, you're going to get the most mainstream, most revenue generating, popular response. Yeah. And that popular response is more, more often than not, not the honest response. Yeah. But when somebody goes keto, what happens is that sweet consumption is being decreased. Junk food, junk food consumption could be decreased depending on what junk food you're going for. Highly processed foods by default get decreased. Yeah, because you're not eating, you know, like processed breads, you're not eating candies, you're not eating these baked goods, all of which cause these things, right? So now from a hormonal standpoint, right? Like your insulin is more leveled, which is in direct correlation to you improving your body composition. Okay. If you want to improve your body composition, then hormonal regulation is probably in this day and age, the most important thing. Okay. And the reason that it's really high fat is because fat doesn't have an insulin response like a carbohydrate. Right. So, um, you're, so hormonally, not as much changes when you're eating a fat. So initially, just by switching that up, you, you are going to notice a forward trajectory with regards to body composition okay now here is how most of society does things wrong most and we are hoping that you're here because you don't want to fall into the most category you want to fall into the best category so so we live in this day and age where it's like if we're being told basically Keto tells you don't eat carbs. It's true. Look, if you're on a basically prescribed a 2000 calorie diet, a hundred calories are going to come from carbs. If you're following the right approach then those carbs are going to come from basically vegetables because I mean, it's just too little anyways. But you know, we, we live in a society that thinks that if we take away one thing, then by default, we do everything else a lot. And that's what people don't understand and why people stall with keto and then end up going the, the exact wrong way because they don't change all of the behavioral stuff that are incorporated with regards to a nutritional approach. Look, you guys, what people don't understand and why what we do is so different is that when it comes to weight loss or improving your body composition, it's not just the physiological stimulus, but it's also the behavioral change. If you're only manipulating one, not the other, what's going to happen is that it's not going to be sustainable. Okay. You have to manipulate both at the same time. Otherwise, you're only going to be able to do something for a certain, a long, for a certain amount of time because you, you guys, we are a body, but we're also a mind. And our mind and our body needs to be in alignment. Whatever our mind says, the body follows. So if we're not in alignment, you know, our, our mind is only going to take us, our body is only going to take us so far. And, therefore, and, and the mind is Trump to the body. Yes. Yes. So what happens with a lot of society now is that, okay, if somebody chooses, th this is like mainstream keto, okay? For most people... If they choose to go keto, basically they now, okay, I'm going to cut out all the carbs, blah, blah, blah. And instead I'm going to eat a lot of fat. A higher fat diet doesn't mean that you eat a lot of fat. And that's what people don't understand and why people cut themselves so short. Yes, you're eating a lot more fat in proportion to your carbs, 
But you shouldn't. You should never eat a lot of fat, anyways. But Just like you should never eat a lot of car, but like carbs, not, anyways. It's it's you're eating a lot more in proportion to, but you're not eating a lot more in general. You're yes. Not just, you're not just adding extra. Yes. Maybe a little bit to make up for something else that's not being had, but oftentimes people use keto as an excuse to eat fats like an asshole. To eat fats like an asshole. Because they can. And it is, it and we we tease about this, I'll be honest, when we're eating something that's like like an avocado or something, or if some we see something that's like on the TV or whatever, like a something extremely fatty, but not necessarily healthy for you. We're like, yeah, but it's keto. Because people, that is exactly what a lot of society sees it as, is, oh, well, keto, now that means I can eat butter and I can eat bacon and I can eat, I would say eggs, but eggs are pretty dang good for you. And I can eat, you know, I saw a comment from Mel O'Connor, like the fried pork rinds like that is not not helpful so and and you know, that you to, is but, not but 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 you have to dig deep and you have to ask yourself why am i doing this what is the intention always 100 percent of the time it comes back to what is my intention yeah and that's what people don't understand and uh, you know what they end up doing is that they start eating bacon in extremely high amounts they start to eat like extremely like highly fatty stuff and fried stuff like and just often, because you're on keto doesn't i think that like frying food is just such a bad habit in general like air fry like the air fryer is like a, a huge um invention but like what's the point of frying shit Honestly, like it, it just, it completely like takes away nutritional value, like adds unnecessary calories. Like there's just no nutritional like benefit to it whatsoever. But for me, the way I see it is, okay, so you're following the keto route physiologically, but behaviorally you're not following the right approach because you're telling your brain it's okay to eat fried stuff. No, like that is not a habit that will help you to achieve your goals, frying your foods, you know, because the, the nutritional density of something lowers. And, you know, that's the, the really biggest misconception in society when it comes to keto is that now people think that, okay, I'm keto, therefore it's a free-for-all to eat all of my keto shit and to eat like um, an extremely, like just a lot of fat a lot, a lot of fat. And that happened like five years ago with the, the rise of the paleo, like with the CrossFit industry. Like at first it was great because it helped to take away people from eating a lot of sugar um, and took them away from eating less foods that cause inflammation. But then they started eating cashews like it was nobody's business. Eating cashews like it's nobody's business. I don't care if it's good for you is not in alignment with your goals if you wanna get leaner and improve your body composition. That's just a fact. And I think the biggest problem with, you know, all these approaches is that for one, there's nothing wrong with these approaches. What's wrong is that we as a society are not actually getting real with ourselves about it. And, you know, the behind the scenes and of the behavioral stuff is never really talked about. Like all that's talked about is the physiological benefits, but let's talk about how to behaviorally put you on the right approach so that you can figure out whether this is something that you want to try for a long time. Your most important question to ask yourself before you do anything is, can I see myself doing this for 10 years? And if you're battling to follow through with something past three weeks, then you probably shouldn't start it in the first place, at least not right now, because by the end of the day, when it comes to sustainability, this is a game of consistency, you guys. It's not about how fast you're going to lose 20 pounds. It's about how well can you lose 20 pounds, keep it off and keep on losing another 20 pounds. I want to give a huge shout out to, to one of my clients, Brittany White. I hope that you're listening. 
Brittany has been such an incredible client to work with because she's been coachable since day one. And, you know, when we first started working together, her, her concern was, Sarit, I'm not losing weight fast enough. I'm like, are you losing weight? She's like, yeah, but it's not fast enough. I'm like, okay, tell me, how much weight have you lost? I think she, she dropped what, like, um, I think like 20 pounds in the first like three months or something of us working together because her expectation based on the mainstream things that she's heard before was that, you know, you're going to drop 20 pounds in like 20 days or a month. And she's like, it's not working because I'm not losing it fast enough. I'm like, you keep on losing it. That's what this is all about. And she sent me another text the other night telling me that she dropped another pounds on top of it. You guys, this is a game of consistency. Like Brittany has shed 25 pounds and guess what? She's going to keep on shedding more weight because she's implementing the physiological with the behavioral together, not just one or the other. So what she's doing is that she's creating bulletproof habits. So yes, you're 25 pounds ahead of the game, but guess what? Because you've changed your habits, you've now built a strong foundation to keep on moving forward with, without never having to worry about going back ever again. Like Brittany is never going to go back to that weight ever again. Why? Because the shift happened here too. And therefore her body has already changed. This has changed. So now the standards just keep on moving forward. And that's how you want to approach everything. So I want to add one more thing. Do you want to add anything before I move on? This is the Sarit show. Okay. So one more thing, like who is keto for and who is keto not for? Because if you're like, oh, I'm intrigued with it. Okay, cool. Like go ahead and try it. However, I will tell you, who do I think is for? Why? Who do I think is not for? If you have a poor relationship with carbs or are scared of carbs, um, then keto is definitely not for you. If you are an emotional eater, then keto is definitely not for you because what, what ends up happening with keto is that you are basically not facing your beast. If you want to lose weight for sure, you have to face the beast first, which means that at first, if you're really serious about changing your body, changes are not going to happen as fast. But if you keep on following the right approach, you're going to keep on creating what we call the, um, the compound effect. But, you know, if you're an emotional eater, if you have a poor relationship with carbs, if you're scared of carbs, what, what, ha what happens from a behavioral standpoint is that you have this all or nothing mindset with regards to carbs, which is what got you there in the first place. So now if you will end up following an approach that basically from a behavioral standpoint, makes you act the same way that you still act, guess what? Nothing changes if nothing changes. You're, you're, you're probably gonna be good for two weeks if you're really serious about, okay, this time is gonna be the last time. I'm gonna get rid of all of the carbs in the house, blah, 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 until the next trigger comes around in your life and then you end up feeding the beast. All the cookies, all the ice cream, all the chocolate, all the whatever insert in the blank, whatever is your thing. What you need to do is you need to, like if you struggle with emotional eating or you have a poor relationship with carbs in the sense that you're scared of it or you think that they're bad for you, then what you need to work on is improving your relationship with something. You can never gain ownership of something if you don't improve your relationship with something. How you do anything is how you do everything. And that's why we have relationship conversations too. Look, if you want to have a happy relationship with carbs, with your partner, with anything, you have to understand them first. Erin won't have been able to marry me because I'm your property now, right? Like she has full ownership of me and I'm saying it with so much pride. Um, but again, this goes back to ownership, right? If she wasn't able to understand me, we have a badass relationship. Therefore, we're happily married. Okay. In order for you to have a happy relationship with carbs, you have to understand carbs, not run away from it. 
blows my mind how people don't understand that. So pe people keep on jumping from one approach to another that basically leads them to hiding or not facing what's really holding them back, which is a poor relationship with something that they've never been taught about or they've been wrongly taught about. Keto doesn't tell you that carbs are bad. Keto just tells you that you have to eat a diet that is way higher in fats than carbs when it comes to the proportion of macronutrients. That's it. But people get emotional about approaches. It's scientific. There's nothing to be emotional about. But because we are women, we get emotional about our food. So keto becomes this emotional thing. Don't make it emotional. It's not emotional. Now, who is it for? This is for, for one, anybody who, you know, like has a diabetes, any chronic disease, that could be a great place to start. If you have access to the right information and if you're ready to change, that'll be a great approach. But you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Don't eat bacon like an asshole because it doesn't have carbs. Okay, I'm done. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got interrupted about 12 times, so I just decided I was going to write down all of my thoughts and let you finish. So now you get to play the quiet game and it's my turn. What happens when people eat keto with the wrong intentions is that they also end up eating less vegetables. The wrong intention being, I just want to eat shit food. So to them, veggies doesn't count as shit food and less of them go through the pie hole, which means quality of food drops, quality of uh, recovery drops, quality of cognitive function and everything else lowers because they're not eating as many vegetables um, because they don't want to. So when we go into to like a keto diet with this, um, you know, I'm doing this because it's something that I would prefer to do, right? Like I'd rather eat bacon and I'd rather eat steak with a fried egg on top and I'd rather eat whatever. And then it isn't about the what, like nutrition isn't about just what you want to eat. It should be 10 to 20% about what you want to eat and 80 to 90% about what you need to eat. Because there is room, you know, for enjoying things that are man-made in life, like cake, right? There can be a time and a place for these things. But, you know, you have to take steps to get to that, where it's 10 to 20% what I want, 80 to 90% what I need. Because we can't expect most people to just, okay, starting Monday, now... You know, I have the ability to go by these ratios. You have to work your way there. And that is what we do very much so in any program that we offer. We try to have that effect. And you guys take all of this with a grain of salt. I saw some comments come through. I was like, now I feel bad because I ate cashews. Cashews are not bad. F fat is not bad. Nuts are not bad. Avocados are not bad. Like none of these things are bad. What we're saying is what is your intention? What is the intention and what are the proportions? And it's not that any one food is a, a good or bad. It's what do I need in this moment for what purpose? And is it to celebrate something and I'm being intentional about it? Having a glass of champagne or wine or whatever with whatever, you know, in good company because it's a celebratory something is very different than I'm just mindlessly eating fucking Doritos while watching a movie mindlessly on the couch. If you are consistently inconsistent, Sarib is talking about consistency. We've talked about consistency a lot. The best nutrition program is the one that will move you forward that you can be consistent with. And if you're consistently inconsistent, then what you're doing isn't right. What you're doing does not work for you. Doesn't matter what it is. There have been people even, nope, you're on quiet time. There have been people who have come into the inner circle who even still have struggled to be consistent. But we have to make the necessary adjustments. And that is the beauty of having a coach. 
That is the beauty of having somebody that you can reach out to 24 seven to say, Hey, this isn't working. I'm still having a hard time being consistent with this. I still don't know what I'm doing. I still struggle with X, Y, Z. I still want to hide in the bottom shelf of the pantry where nobody can find me eating Hershey's chocolate with almonds right down your nose. <laughs> I think that today's keto diet was founded by the bodybuilder who cared nothing. This is not to say that all bodybuilders don't care about their health. I'm saying that a lot of bodybuilders don't give a shit about their health in comparison to how much they give a shit about being ripped. Okay. In comparison, I lived in that world. I, I was friends with a lot of people in that world. And I know you cannot argue me most 98% of people who do competitive bodybuilding do not give a shit about their health in comparison to looking shredded. I'm not hating on you guys, but you got to get real with yourself. It's the truth. We do some shit to our bodies, some shit. And so when the bodybuilder said, what's this keto thing? And we're like, you can drop so much more fat not eating carbs, but the bodybuilder also cannot not eat protein. Then is born the keto protein shake, which is not keto. So now we have like all kinds of crazy marketing stuff. And so anyways, then what happens is it's not even actually keto. There's no consideration for health. They just want to get ripped and they can't not eat protein, which means it instantly becomes not keto but we're still calling it that. And then a lot of people have so much confusion and they're like, well, I'm doing keto, but I'm not losing weight. Well, for one, you're eating too many goddamn calories because just because it's considered keto doesn't mean you're not overeating. And Sarit, you said, it's not, food is not emotional, don't make it emotional. Now we're emotional creatures, so I kind of have to play the devil's advocate on this one because yeah, fine. we are emotional. We have emotions. And so, you know, we have emotions typically followed by actions. And a lot of those actions somehow involve a bicep curl that food, when food happens to be in the hand and makes it to our face is not, that is not exercise. It's the wrong kind of bicep curl. So hold on. In conclusion, my friends, be mindful. And like Sarit said, it always comes back down to can I and would I be happy with doing this long term? You can always make adjustments going forward. This is exactly how we roll in the inner circle. Small adjustments from where I am right now. If I'm here and I want to be way over here, I need some of your face space. Yes. You're good. You can stay in. I just, I just am going in front of your face. If I'm here and I want to be here, or maybe it's backwards. So if I'm here and I want to be here, I can't just, I've got to, and then yes, I would be happy doing this the rest of my life. Great. When this becomes a new normal, boop. yes, I would be happy doing this the rest of my life. Great. When this becomes the new normal, boop. and then we reach our way to that 10 to 20% what we want and 80 to 90% what we need, and we are completely satisfied and happy and excited about it. Yeah! <laughs> Keep the main thing the main thing, you guys. Keep the main thing the main thing. I can't wait for the new trend to come out. I wonder what it's gonna be called. The Z diet. The diet of the Zenas. I'm gonna make a diet that's called the diet diet. <laughs> this is called the diet diet the diet that's it i mean come on would you be interested what is this the diet diet hmm you would look into it the diet diet by aaron and street <laughs> don't eat like an asshole that's the whole book <laughs> that's the whole ebook don't eat like an asshole i think we would have to have at least one chapter that explains what it means to eat like an asshole della diet don't eat like asshole. Oh, this is good. We're going to write an ebook about it. The Della. The Della diet. Okay. Look, you guys, it doesn't matter what approach you follow. Honestly. For one, 
If you follow any approach, just literally like know what you need to know about it so that you can execute it the right way. Don't listen to your aunt. Don't listen to your sister. Don't listen to your coworker. If they don't, for one, have the credentials to give advice, nor do they look like they apply the advice that they're giving to other people, then you shouldn't listen to them. Also, you should choose to listen to one person and one person only. You can listen to whoever you want. You just have to make sure that like you're, you're taking it all with a grain of salt. And that if you're, people get really like squirrel, 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 because they're like doing something, but maybe think that it's not really like as effective as it could be or something, which in the beginning, guess what? It's not going to be as effective as it could be. Um, if we're just talking in terms of weight loss, nothing else, I would actually argue it is the most effective if it's moving you forward in a way that makes you happy, even if it's not moving you as fast as you want, because in the long run, it will be the fastest you've ever moved in your life when you don't have to go backwards. But you know, if you're, um, whatever it is that you're doing, maybe it is keto for you. I'm not trying to tell anybody don't do keto. What we're trying to say is if that is something that you would want to do, you have to be sure that that's something you would want to continue doing consistently for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because it isn't about just a 30 day thing. What happens when you get invited to a birthday party or what happens when, you know, it's your birthday or when, you know, there's a graduation or when you go on vacation, if you like to enjoy certain things now, are you just going to have to constantly tell yourself no? Maybe, maybe that's for you, not for me. But what we're saying is do the thing that you can be consistent in because that is the approach that will work the best, even if you have to make modifications because it's not as good as it could be initially. Yeah, that's what I meant when I said, like, you know, like take advice from one person means don't just like jump from one thing to the next. Okay. Um, and then keto or not, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's dirty, then it's not going to get you to where you want to go. The problem with keto, because it's become so mainstream is that you're being marketed dirty keto. No, like you're being marketed keto, but your habits are still the habits of a fat person. If your habits are bad, you're still not going to get whatever it is that you're looking for. I don't care how many claims the packaged food has on it. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, you guys are funny with your comments. <laughs> so, you know, just to wrap things up, you know, keto definitely has proven to have benefits. However, it is not for everybody. Okay. You have to know your stuff before following any approach. And that's why our recommendation is don't try to figure it out for yourself. Get a coach if you need help so that when you're stuck, when you struggle, when you have a question, you get the help from somebody who can help you. And then Kelly said, maybe in our merch, we could have a plate. It says don't eat like an asshole as a reminder. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be awesome. That's the cake plate. I love it. Yeah. The truth is, is that keto has a lot of benefits, but just because it has a lot of benefits doesn't mean that it's for you. However, nobody knows you better than you know yourself. So, you know, considering your emotional state, considering your history, considering your preference, considering the complexities of your life, you have to decide for yourself whether that thing is the right thing for you. And our recommendation is that if you don't see yourself being consistent with it for more than three weeks, then what's the point of starting to do it in the first place? That doesn't mean that it's not going to serve you in five years. Oh, also, who is it not for? Look, if you're an athlete of any kind, you need, you need carbs. You have to have carbs. Like if you're a performance athlete or an athlete of any kind, um, whether it's CrossFit, triathlon, marathon, runner, I don't care. You need carbs. Okay. Like I remember when keto was introduced to the CrossFit community a couple years ago, like if you're doing a high intensity workout and you're only running based on fats, you're going to hit a wall eventually. Because fat is not metabolized as fat. Like the, the source is not as readily available, right? Your body has to do some work 
to make it available to use as fuel. So your body's working harder than it needs to, to get the fuel that is required versus a carb is more of an immediate energy. You're not going to store it as fat if you're not eating too much of it. Carbs are stored in the, in the muscle and in the, uh, in, in the liver. And there's a certain amount that they can hold. The more muscle mass you have, the more carbs you can store and have readily available for energy. That's why we, we also suggest to you guys like lifting, um, and doing weight bearing activities. So you can get more muscles with the, the whole burn zone is designed for teach you how to move right, then get you lifting weights in those movements. And then the, going into the underground training club, the UTC, where then you can really start to pump yourself up. Now, women building muscle can be, be like its own topic, but I will just say this as like a bottom line to that for the, for the people who just thought to themselves, I don't want to get bulky, probably not going to accidentally happen. You do not just wake up one day. Oh my God, my muscles, they got so big in one day. How did my biceps get the size of my head in one day? Like you'll see it coming How on. How are my veins popping out? Like you'll see it coming on and like, <laughs> Boogie's barking. And trust me, like it takes. Is there somebody in the door? I don't know, maybe. It takes a lot of effort a lot of effort for a long period of time in order my to song. gain that amount of muscle. Sorry, my son, my son. It, it takes, Sarit and I have lifted for over a decade, consistently, never, never having more than maybe a week or two weeks maximum of not actually like lifting weights. And that's maybe because like we went to Israel or something and didn't have access to as, as much stuff. But even then we would still find a gym, still go to a gym, still lift weight. I think in the last 10 years, probably I haven't taken more than a week off. Uh, when I had my back surgery, I couldn't lift for a while. That was a different scenario, but you know, it takes a really long time to, to actually build a substantial amount of muscle. So lift as heavy as you can safely and as consistently as possible. You want muscle. You need muscle. You need muscle. After what, the age of 35, we start deteriorating. Yep. If you don't have it, you're going to have less of it. And you will become frail and fragile. Your bones will become frail and your likelihood of getting fatter will be a lot more likely. That's just the reality of it. It's literally like your currency and your investments when it comes to your metabolism. Muscle is your investment streams for longevity and for metabolism. I'm done. I'm done too. We hope that this episode served you today. And if it did, please do us a favor and pay the only due that we ask you, which is please pay it forward by sharing it with one person who would also find value in it. And let's, let's face it, today's episode is going to add value for a lot of people because 70% of this country, you guys, is obese. I know that you know at least one person who needs our help. So if they need to hear the truth, just please pay it forward. That's all that we ask. Look what Heather said. Be quiet, you young witches. Love 40-somethings everywhere. Guess what, Heather? Someday I'm going to be 40-something. And I'm going to have even more muscle than I have now. It's true. We... we trained literally to prepare ourselves for that shit like now, that's our intention now some people have not been like made aware that this is something that's necessary until later years that's fair mm-hmm. that's why you guys but it's never it's never too late to start right that's why we tell you guys take every day as it comes and do your best every goddamn day if you started taking care of yourself when you were 40s in your 40s or in your 50s like it doesn't matter because guess what if for the next 10 years you will do the right thing then guess what you're gonna put yourself in the right place so it's not about where you are today it's about where you're going and what are you doing today in order to go there they just gave me a new why what they're like the struggle is real at 40. i am determined to prove that wrong Yep. I'm determined to prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. 
Some of you guys know of, of the book that I'm going to publish at 40. And, it, and this is just my own internal thing. This isn't to say that like anything that anybody said is wrong. I just am like, I want to show people that 40 can be fucking amazing. Yeah. 50 can be amazing. If I am blessed and honored to make it to those ages, I'm going to show people 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old doesn't have to feel or look like what typical people think. Look, you guys, you determine your tomorrows based on what you do today. Do you guys even know how old I am? I'm curious. I hope, well, I, I mean, you could make assumptions. Maybe you actually know the number, but based off of what? Based off of energy level, skin, wrinkles or not wrinkles. Attitude. Attitude, um, fitness capabilities. Um, I don't know. I guess that's how you would make the determination. But when I'm 40, I'll let you know. And you're going to be like, no way. Mm. It's closer than you think. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. You guys are amazing. Again, none of that was to like bash anybody or call anybody out. I'm just now determined. I'd be like, I want to be inspiring for people who are, you know, 45, 50, 55, 60 to be like, wow, she can, so can I. You know what? We should get some of like, um, like UJ and them on the show. UJ, uh, Vicky Podwell, Vicky Starr, um, Dennis, yeah. Bob. Yeah. Anyways, guys, one day at a time. You create your future based on today. Just because you're 40 or you're 50 doesn't mean that... Make today the first day... For the rest of your life. To your best life. (laughs) You guys, if you found value from today's episode, please, please, please go ahead and share this. Also, the more shares we get... The more you guys tell us what episodes you like. So the more we know what episodes Mm -hmm. you want to watch. Like this is important for a few reasons. For one, yes, of course, if you're a leader, you want to help other people. And if you find that as a good tool, then please pay it forward. But also you are helping us to know when it comes to production, like what is it that you care to listen to? Mm -hmm. We also see how many people are live. So if the conversation's going really well, if you guys are enjoying it, if people are wanting to watch that live, that's also an indicator to us that this is something that's good to talk about. So, you know, the more you guys watch live, the episodes that you think will resonate with you, turn the notifications on for this group or for me, I suppose, for when we go live so that you get a notification, you can show up in the moment. Anyways. We're just, we're rambling now about all the things. So you guys go and have an amazing day. We're here for you and we will see you tomorrow. Q&A day. For Q&A day, Stacy already dropped the link in the comments. Thank you so much. And there will probably be a post on the page as well. So go ahead and ask your questions there. And we're looking forward to answering those. So we'll see you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Espresso with Erin and Suri. On your way out, be sure to check out our website, erinandsuri.com, to keep up to date with what we have going on and maybe grab some free stuff. And if you feel so inclined, hop on over to leave us a five-star review, wink, wink. And remember, life is more fun when you subscribe to Erin and Suri.